get ready for the journey of a lifetime. Omega Metroid is excited to launch a new series exclusive to our Patreon channel, The Great Metroid Area Ranking. Our mission is simple. We are going to rank every single area in the Metroid series two at a time. Join us on our Patreon as we delve into all the different locales across this amazing series and get in on the action by helping dictate what areas we rank next. The Great Metroid Area Ranking is available to all Omega Metroid tier patrons. Join us on this incredible adventure and help us decide for the final time which Metroid area is the greatest of them all. OmegaMetroid.com's Patreon is the home to the Great Metroid Area Ranking, ROM Hack Reviews, The Spateri Show, and so much more. Consider signing up today and see you next mission. Zelda cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Allison Aletha. What's going on on this fine uh, daylight savings day? I I almost forgot what I was about to say, like daylight saving. I had to struggle to remember what it was called. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a good. Show. Um, <laughs> it's good. I woke up super early, so yay! And I'm the kind of person that like once I'm awake, I'm awake. So I was kind of awake super early this morning, and I was ready to go. Wow. Well, I was not awake super early. I, well, actually, I was, but then I went back to sleep because I can go back to sleep. Sam is exactly like you. When she's up, she's just like, nope, I'm up. Uh, <laughs> so it's a gift that I have. So I, I right before we started, I was holding up my coffee mug, which has Tinkerbell on it. And Al was like, are you drinking water? And I'm not. But I am drinking coffee in a mug. And let me tell you why. Because I got up and I put in, I opened it, I got my phone. I opened up the Tim Hortons app. I put in my mobile order. One large double-double, one Canadian maple donut, one honey cooler donut. The honey cooler for Sam, Canadian maple's for me. I went and picked it up. Nice little morning ritual. I come back home. I take a bite of my donut, and I was like, mmm. And I take a sip of my coffee, and instead of going, mmm, I went, ugh. Oh, and it was no. the most foully brewed coffee that you've ever encountered in your life. It was like burnt but flavorless. It was it was like dull but too... I can't even describe it. Like the words aren't coming to me. I would have mm-hmm. rather eaten a shallop than drank this coffee. It was Shallot. so... <laughs> it was so bad. Shallot. <laughs> oh my God. It was so bad. And I was just... I was so distraught. So um, I had to make coffee for this show so we're gonna see how today goes today could be an absolute train wreck because of this uh, you, transaction did this you morning. open it and check the color beforehand we talked about that That's like, the, thing. the if... color looked fine the color oh, looked okay so the, the brew was just bad i don't know what it was but whatever whatever happened i wouldn't wish on my worst enemy because i took one sip and i was just like oh god i actually i probably would if that was Ilya, i would have been like okay go ahead it tastes good <laughs> but if it was you, Al, I, you know, you know, in the office when when Dwight slaps the coffee out of Stanley's hands, I would have done that to you if you were about to drink that coffee to spare you from having to 
Taste it. You know, every Sunday I go and get my coffee and these people at Dutch Bros, they're always like up in your business. They're like, hey, what are you doing today? Like asking you your whole life story, right? Every Sunday they're like, okay, what are you doing today? I'm like, I'm going to go hang out with my friend for an hour. (laughs) And that's like, (laughs) I don't want to go into detail and be like, well, I got a podcast and all that. I'm just going to talk about Zelda with my friend for an hour. (laughs) So literally every Sunday and they're like, wow, okay, cool. (laughs) I I was literally plugging this podcast and Omega Metroid and virtual theater at work. And I was like, you know, if you want us to leave a five-star review, that would be cool. Um, nice. So I have no shame. I, I don't have that power. I also don't work with a lot of people like that are in that, in this world. So they just, they don't get it. I think some people didn't even know what a podcast was actually, but I was like, well, you know, it's kind of like the radio, except, you know, you can listen to it whenever you want, wherever you want, mm-hmm. however yeah. you want. So, um, yeah. Okay. So today we got, uh, we're just going to have some, a light and breezy episode full of some fine daily debates from our uh, amazing writing team on uh, from ZeldaDungeon.net. But before we get there, two things. First is a plug. Uh, I don't even know if plug is the right word. but So what we got going on next week is we've got a segment returning to the Zelda cast called Zelda's Percentages. And we do this on Omega all the time. We call it Samus's Percentages. We've only done it once here on the Zelda cast. But essentially what this is and and I wanted you the the listener the audience to to get in on the action too so essentially what this is is we will create a statement and then I'm going to read that statement out loud and Al and I are going to assign a percentage to this statement based on how likely to be true we think it is so for example a a good Zelda's percentage would be Tears of the Kingdom wins Game of the Year at the Game Awards, and we mm. could we could assign a percentage to that and say, you know, it's it's not likely, but it's not impossible. I'm gonna say 35 percent, or or I could be absolutely bullish on it and be like, it's gonna win for sure, 90 percent guarantee that it's uh, that it's mm. happening. And um, we we like to cover a, a wide variety of topics. Uh, can be uh, anything about uh, you know about the Zelda series in general, about a new upcoming game, about remakes, about real world stuff. You can even sprinkle in some Switch 2 or some, I don't know, the next Smash Bros or whatever. Um, anything that you can think of. Uh, we're we're definitely looking for, I'm going to come up with some Zelda percentages of my own and I'll, I would encourage you to do the same. But I think it's always a little bit more fun when like, because you know, when I come up with the questions, I already kind of have my answer predetermined oh, yeah. in my head. You know, you don't yeah. get to think it out as much. So, um, yeah, we're going to have a post go up on Twitter. And uh, if you guys want to give us some Zelda's percentages, that would be dandy. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun episode. I'm down. Yeah, I'm down. I like that question about game of the year. I already have an answer, so but I'll I'll wait until that episode. Okay, well, there you go. That's a sneak peek for my first Zelda's percentages for... (laughs) next week so yeah we have a we have a lot of fun when we do these on omega metroid um lots of it's almost like the daily debate questionnaire actually because you get to cover a wide variety of topics and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so it's uh yeah and it's always fun to think like what if or hypothetical or whatever but um yeah um second thing i want to talk about is i finally beat super mario wonder nice every wonder seed every purple coin Every I got everything. It's the only thing wow. I did not get was the the stands. You can like buy these little stands and, and place them in places, and they're, the you they're random, so you can't like pick out which one you actually want to buy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like the Minish Cap actually, where you like where you're going in and, and putting money in the gumball and it just spits out whatever. 
Um, you know what? And, and I was saying a few weeks ago about Mario Wonder, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Maybe it wasn't for me, and maybe I was just moving on from 2D Mario. But I, I think the last couple levels, the special world and, like, the Bowser's world and stuff like that, I think it really won me over. I, I think I would be ready to say this is probably the best 2D Mario game since Super Mario World. Okay. I think I think they did a good job. So if anyone is kind of like me, kind of on the fence, you're just like, I don't know if I want to spend like 80 bucks on on a 2D Mario game. I I think I could understand that, but I I think I would feel comfortable saying like, you know, go ahead. You're going to have a fun time. Okay, cool. Interesting. I keep forgetting that game exists, to be honest, unless I see something or hear yeah. about it from you. So So, yeah. It's it's tough. There's a lot of like really exceptional games that are coming out and um you know what i was just thinking like and i was gonna post this like closer to the game awards but like 2023 was such an awesome year for games Mm -hmm. like across the board i've played so many awesome brand new games that were released this year and i just got another one two days ago i'm gonna get another one in two weeks and it's just like it's such a it finally feels like we're crawling out of covid for like the video game industry and so I'm like, whew, this it, is this has been quite a year. Game Awards is going to be awesome. So it does. Yeah. But then then I just hear like all these companies laying people off, and it's like games are making more money than ever before. Like the game industry is bigger than the movie industry, bigger than the the mm-hmm. film, like the television industry, and it's like you can't keep these people that make these awesome games. Like, come on. So that kind of stinks. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I didn't hear about that. Where is that happening at? Uh, Bungie laid off like a ton of people uh, oh, about two weeks ago, like like wow. a ton of people. Um, there's just been like a lot of of layoffs fairly consistently. Like it seems like every couple months there's like a big round of layoffs from from these game studios that are laying off like tons and tons and tons of people. And like you know, like I I get it. Like you gotta as a company you gotta make money, but like it's just kind of they're making so much money and like right it's like come on like let's yeah that so does I, suck. I would agree I, I think this has been a fantastic year for video games a video game industry i think we could do a little bit better i hear i heard a lot of people kind of hoping that our pal jeff uh knightley keely might uh might bring this up at the game awards i don't know if he has the stones yeah. to do that to be honest but we'll see maybe not we'll maybe, see maybe he'll prove me wrong um okay that being said do you have anything you want to plug before we get uh before we get going here I have, well, I guess I I started my time at Sandrock. It's a sequel to my time at Porsche, for those who know. I would definitely recommend it if you're into those farming builder simulation games. It's really good. It has incredible world building story that, in fact, got really dark in this game. I was reading a journal from, like, their day of calamity, and it's like, it's, I was like, dang, this is dark for a really cute cartoony game. But I'd highly recommend it if you need something cozy for the cozy season. Worth That's mentioning, I yeah. was browsing the eShop yesterday, and my time at Porsche, I saw, was on sale for, like, an outrageous right. price. It's, like, three I bucks. Bet. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, the game is normally, like, $40. So yeah, it's basically free. Do it. I would definitely say play Porsche first, but Sandrock is majorly improved, so okay. I know it can be hard to go back to Porsche if you played Sandrock. All right. Okay, let's do it. Let's talk some Zelda here, and uh, like I said, we are going to be taking daily debates that our amazing writing team over at zeldadungeon.net has uh, has came up with and I, it's worth mentioning too by the way that uh you can just you can make a, a discuss account and you can start commenting away and rebooting and re- rebutting re- rebutting i'm sorry rebooting? 
Rebuting. Uh, it was close. It was like That's you combine right. those words and then oh, we got God. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever the hell that word. You, you could get in there whatever. and start giving your opinion is the is the point. You can get in on the <laughs> comment section and let your voice be heard. So let's uh, let's do it. Okay. Oh God. Never mind. Let's. I tell you, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a rough show. That coffee set the tone for the day. <laughs> All right. Um, this is from Shaquille, and this is a great question, a controversial question to get us kicked off because we've talked about it a lot. Did Tears of the Ti- Oh God. <laughs> Did Tears go. of the Kingdom do a good job with continuity from Breath of the Wild? Al, I feel like we've murdered this horse into the ground. I, I don't feel think like there's much more, yeah, for us to say without upsetting anybody, but no. I mean, there's some things where I think the con- continuity was great, but also at the same time, like, it didn't need to be that great compared to some other continuity issues that I had. So I'm going to say no, it didn't. If no. I was feeling charitable, I would say it was passable. Okay. I, I feel like it's passable in my, yeah. like, n- without being charitable. <laughs> I, I, I think, think it, it, okay. Okay. I think they had room to to at least meet that standard, and they didn't. So it's just kind of odd. It was an odd choice for me, the things that they decided to not yeah. connect to Breath of the Wild. Passable, if because uh, I'm in a good mood. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we won't beat that one up, but that is a great question. It has a lot of comments, as you might imagine, over on the website. So there we go. Uh, this is from Nick Miller. Um, let's, uh, let's see what he has to say. Would you like the next Zelda game to revisit one of the series' non-Hyrule lands? Yeah. Yeah. I would be down for I think that's exactly what we need, actually, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. after after Age of Calamity, Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, all set in the same Hyrule, I think we need, like, like just new, like, something different, you know? Like, even if yeah. it was, like, a completely different Hyrule, and you're just like, oh, uh, like, there's Death Mountain again, there's Lake Hylia, there's Hyrule Castle... I just I think like you're gonna be comparing it to to you know Breath of the Wild's version of Hyrule for mm-hmm. for a long time. So like the best thing you can do is just like do it do it over. Yeah. Do I mean new. I wouldn't mind going back to like say we don't get the Oracle games remastered. Wouldn't it be cool to like have another game set up in the in those like those worlds or whatever? What are they called again? Like The what the um, what world, sorry? The world where you are in the Oracle games. Like, what's the oh, land Oh, um, Labrinia and Holodrum. There you go. Wouldn't it be cool to just to go back to there and, like, pick up a different story or a later story or a different story in one of those places? Like, I just think it would be kind of cool to vis- revisit a place that isn't as well known as Hyrule. I have a theory. I have a theory. Okay. I think, you know how for, forever, forever we've been talking about, oh, the Oracle games are going to get remade. The Oracle games are going to get remade. I think, I think they're not actually, but I think that you're going to get like Oracle of Secrets. Let's just call it that. I think you're going to get a new Oracle game that's like a, it's like the, the link between worlds, you know, version of uh, of that. I think that could make a lot of sense. I think, cause like you just put out both the Oracle games on NSO. They're there for everybody that wants to play them. But I think that that makes a lot of logical sense. So I see why a lot of people are saying it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel like you put, you know, times A times B equals X, and X is a new game, kind of like it, but new, you know? Mm -hmm. That's my theory. That's cool. I I would be down with that. I'd be down for the remakes or something new in that kind of 
uh, like part of the series, that art style or that um, maybe not the older art style, but you know, like a remastered version of it or in that kind of genre of the series. I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I really like the um, the art style of the Oracle games. Actually, like the the cutscenes. Like how characters look and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. It looks cool. Yeah, I do like those as well. And I, I actually do like the art style of those games as they originally came out, but I just don't think that it would sell well today. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, oh, well, this is a good one. Uh, this is from Josh, who, by the way, is a uh, is a penguin, a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, the only other hockey fan on the team. So uh, we, were, we were chatting last night about how, which was funny because he lives in San Jose, so he was uh, he was at the game. San Jose was playing Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh murdered them like ten to nothing or something like that. Oh, it was outrageous. Wow. Uh, so he must have had a good night last night. Anyways, his question: What Pokemon and Zelda monsters would you want to see cross over into other franchises? It's an oddly specific question. No other franchise. Well, it kind of makes me think of like. When you see I, Mario, and I think they're spo- I think he means like crossover with each other. I th- I think. Oh, uh, let me do some digging here and read. Yeah, reread the question. Um, what Pokemon and Zelda monsters would you want to see cross over into the other franchise? I've read the question wrong. Into the okay. other franchise, yeah. Um, so he's suggesting that like, um, for Pokemon entering Hyrule, I love the idea of Torterra taking Link somewhere special, kind of like the uh, the turtle oh, in Majora's yeah. Mask. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure we've probably all seen it. There's that like really great artwork which has like Link with his team of Pokemon. He's got like a like a Ponyta that's supposed to be Epona and like some mm-hmm. other like Pokemon that are that are like that. Ganondorf has got like Hound Doom and he's got like the the evil Pokemon, you know, he's got like Dark Charizard. Uh, mm-hmm. and Zelda has like some some Pokemon that have been associated with like being smart and wise and stuff like that. Like uh Yeah. That would be cool, I think. Just to, like see that although i think it would be i think it would be cool in a pokemon game rather than in like a zelda game to have like a trainer that was like basically link or zelda in everything but yeah. name you know i think that'd be cool yeah this has been like years ago but we did do an episode where we said like what would the main threes pokemon be and we get like six pokemon for each of them or whatever and i can't remember all of them but i know i definitely said gardevoir for zelda because she just yeah gardevoir feels so regal and like psychic and like kind of looks like it would have the same abilities as like ocarina of time zelda you know and i'm thinking of course of like smash bros ocarina of time zelda where she's like twirling around and stuff mm-hmm. like it makes me think of gardevoir um yeah i mean i i i can see a, a changeover being pretty cool but now I'm trying to think of like Zelda monsters in Pokemon, and like this? I guess maybe like a Lionel would be cool that you could catch and train. Ooh. You know, I actually so I follow a couple uh, Instagram accounts where they do that actually, where it's just like they they make like high rule versions of uh, of Pokemon, and it, it's okay. really cool actually. There's oh, like, nice. Um, I'll stall stall for time here. I'll try and find it, but uh, it's it's super cool. And you know, I, I'll I'll post it later. Actually, we don't have to spend any more time oh, on okay. this question, but. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool because like you can see like like you you start off like your three starters like you know, there's little Zora and then it evolves and it evolves into like this big badass at the end and like same thing with like your Deku Scrub who's your grass starter your Goron who's your fire starter yeah. etc. It's pretty cool. I just had a thought like what if the dragons from Breath of the Wild and Tears were like the legendary Pokemon of a gen like you have the three you know Dinron Feroche or Dinral Feroche and Nadra 
as like the three legendaries and then like the top tier legendary would be the light dragon or something that would be sick that would be awesome yeah yeah um i know this uh this count that i am just struggling to find i'm sorry but um they had like the like the three gods from twilight princess like the like the three spirit animals or whatever they are okay as like their their legendary pokemon so um yeah when i find it i'll i'll give a plug and uh and whatnot but uh, we can move on but a cool idea um all right well here's here's a great question this is also from nick how much time have you put into tears of the kingdom after finishing the main quest oh a lot (laughs) i feel like i like you can't even differentiate for me between like after you finish the main quest because you do so much nonsense before you finish the main quest you know Mm -hmm. well for me it was i tried to withhold from doing the main quest as long as possible yeah but then I was getting pretty close to all my collections being done, and I was like, I really like to know what percentage I'm at, so I know what I have left to do. So I finished the main quest, and then I probably spent another 50 hours afterwards uh, doing the rest of the collecting. I I think so. I mean, like, honest, honestly speaking, if it wasn't for this show, I think I would have finished the main quest, like, far later than I actually did. Because, like, we were, yeah. you know, we, we kind of made a little schedule for ourselves. We're like, hey, this week we're going to talk about our initial thoughts and then the, oh, the yeah, sky and then like the, the Grudo part and then the Zora part. So like, I think if we didn't make that kind of like little schedule, I, I don't know. I would have, I would have done as much as I was going to do and then just be like, like kind of what, you know, when you're just like, okay, like I think I'm just, I'm ready to stop playing this yeah. game. Then I would have yeah. done the final boss. Yeah. Makes sense. So I'm, I'm at about a um, hundred and, 60 hours or something like that i think not so not like absolutely insane i don't think yeah i i feel like i'm one of the people that might be more of a because i did 100 percent. like there's other people that are like that so they have like a like an extra 100 hours on mm-hmm. those who probably did the main story god i can i cannot buy finding this this instagram account which i know that i follow i just it's gonna bug me until until i have it so um all right let's uh let's move on this is from our pal john what's the best place to trick-or-treat in the zeldaverse oh probably like katano i would say or you know what termina termina would like clock town that's the best the best place for trick-or-treating well so here's the thing about trick-or-treating is that you need homes to, to yeah. exist to trick-or-treat right. so there's a lot of like cool scary places where you could have a cool halloween party but couldn't necessarily go trick-or-treating so i would i actually don't know if i'd say termina because if that moon's about to fall i don't know if i want to be trick-or-treating well, it would there. be a different time obviously like they're about to have their whatever festival it's not halloween for them yet so i'm talking like during halloween i could just imagine them really dressing the place up like it's kind of a freaky game so it feels like it fits to me and then, yeah, you got the little bomber kids running around to everybody's businesses and doors. Oh, that would be cool. Right? Like, that would be cool. Adorable. <laughs> I, I would have, uh, I was actually going to say what you mentioned initially, but like, Ateno seems like a cool place to me. A cool little chill, like, mm-hmm. hamlet in the, in the mountains. Has somewhere. all the, the older people, they got all the big candy. Yeah. They got all the big size candy bars. <laughs> if you grew up there, you probably loved, like, their local carrots and cheese, and they're handing those out. And, <laughs> In that world, that's not a that's not a sin. That's actually like kind of cool. If you get like a box yeah. of raisins, it's just like oh sweet, like it's a box of raisins, great. So um, yeah, yeah Tano seems pretty good. Um, 
All right, let's, ooh, this is a great question. This is from Alexis. Some of these are going to be like Halloween themed because we're going back a few days, which uh, I'm okay gotcha. with. So that's fine. Should Nintendo produce its own Zelda costumes? Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, have you seen the dinky looking, like, it's like. <laughs> you, you go to Spirit it, of it Halloween. It clearly looks like Link, but it's like male. Elven warrior. Elf, like. Yeah. Italian plumber. <laughs> Green dinosaur with saddle. Like, just just license your stuff out and make some money off of this, you know? Yeah, seriously. I could see some, like, especially after Tears with, like, some of the awesome outfits that Link has. You, like, make a few of those. Do, like, a Ganondorf samurai outfit. be awesome. That would be cool, yeah. Um, speaking of, of our pal Alexis, who wrote this question, I saw she dressed up as Zelda. Or, no, I'm sorry, she dressed up as Sonya for halloween oh cool nice it was awesome cool. if you're listening yeah. to this alexis that was a wicked costume that's like it was it was a crazy how good that costume was so uh shout Very out cool. to you i like it's so weird like uh so i'm, I'm just i'm checking in the chat over on twitch.tv forward slash Zeltcast right now where we stream these episodes every sunday usually around mounted time 12 mounted time and share to you one of our pals he just said like nintendo hates money and it's true like it's it's just like you could license your stuff out and just make a a boatload of cash. You could have your your soundtracks uploaded on Spotify and YouTube yourself, mm-hmm. put ads on them and make a buttload of cash instead of like yeah. continually taking that away from other channels that are trying to like it's just like are you allergic to making money off of your famed IPs which you are famously protective of? Well, I just, I don't think that they are. I just think they don't make the money the way we would make the money. Like, they make the money by remaking a game and selling it for $60 again. You know? <laughs> You're not <laughs> so wrong. They make their money. <laughs> I just had my, my NSO rollover, and I was just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Mine too. I'm sure glad that they just uploaded Mario Party 3 to NSO. That's the game I was itching for, you know? <laughs> Anyways, um, Anyways, let's uh, let's continue. Ooh, this is from Grovile. He's choosing violence with this question. He must have been listening okay. to Zelda Gas. I'm almost afraid to read it. Was Nintendo lazy to bring back Koroks in Tears of the Kingdom? Ooh, shots fired. You know, my initial like re- my initial gut reaction is yes, but then I thought about it and I was like. Okay, but they had to hide 900 of those efforts back into the world with new locations, with new puzzles, with new, like, scenery. Like, it must have been a lot of work. So, are they really? Like, maybe it was lazy and, like, idea, uh, conceptualizing and, like, coming up with something different. But I don't think it was lazy as far as programming all those little suckers back in. I... I agree. Like, it's tough to call it lazy, right? Like, Yeah, because it's a lot. Because it was a lot of work. And, and like, as, as much as, like, as much as it's frustrating to say, like, I think you need Koroks or, or something, right? To, to put in that ginormous overworld. Explore. Yeah. Like, and, and the, the best example of that, of why you need them is actually in Tears of the Kingdom. Because you go down to the depths and it's just, like, nothing going on. Like, there's, you know true yeah there was a lot of like yeah that i skipped because i didn't need to be searching for something right except for monsters there's a lot of monsters down there there's way too many monsters but but that's the point is like 
like there's there's monsters there's zonite there's a few things here and there but like for the the vast majority like there's nothing going on and you know so i think you need koroks to to give people something to do um so i don't think it was lazy like i think they had to be there now was it misguided to bring them back exactly as they were from tears of the kingdom i would i would say yes i would say that um i think hiding your your item inventory behind that was also not a great idea um Mm -hmm. and i think uh, listen like i've said it before like I, i think that if they like the ones the koroks where you got to get korok a to korok b those are fun because they're new right like and you didn't and you didn't feel like you did them before you they incorporated the main catch of tears which is build something take thing from a to b yes like so many like yeah exactly so many of them are the exact same thing from breath of the wild that it's just like oh jesus like i gotta gotta do this again like i gotta you know i gotta find uh joe schmo running around and catches little uh star gimmick or or whatever right like so like lazy i feel like is unfair um i don't know what word i would use for it misguided certainly but not lazy Mm -hmm. because that's that's a that's an attack that's a that's a harsh word I just feel like it's kind of like if they were in the idea room and they were just like, okay, how do we get them to explore? How do we get them to like yeah. build stuff and take from A to B? The core, if you just did the hundred Koroks from A to B, that's a good idea. But then they were like, you know what? Let's just recycle what we did with the last game and hide another eight hundred Koroks in there. And it's just like I feel like that was the part. That decision was the part that was lazy. The rest of it was obviously a lot of work and fine. I agree. Okay, I think. I think I may have just found this for the love of all things holy. Um, Did you find the Instagram that you've been looking Bilsu for? Bilsu Art. <laughs> they're fake Amon, they're called. Oh, you know what, though? Oh. these This one isn't the specific Zelda one, but there is there is a lot of Zelda creatures in here. Um, definitely go okay. check it out. It's called Bilsu underscore art. So B-I-L-S-U underscore art. Very cool. Um, nice. So there you go. Hashtag fake Amon if you want to find it. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a great question. And there is a lot of comments on there as you could probably imagine. So mm. there we go. Koroks are always a hot topic. Uh, this is from David Lasby. Which companion did you upgrade first with the sage's will? Oh, Tulin. Tulin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not even Although, a question. what does it really do? Like literally what does, what does it do? I forgot. I was going to ask you. I feel like it says like they are more like their attack is heavier, so maybe when they're attacking with you, I, I think don't they remember. recharge quicker too. I think. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> maybe. But Tulin easily. Yeah, I I don't even think I got like all the sages' wills. I think I got Tulin. I got someone else, and uh, then I stopped because I was like, eh, eh. Yep. I like. That's one thing I will say. I think that the champion abilities in Breath of the Wild are, like, so much better than yeah. Tears of the Kingdom, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, Tulin was the only one that I used consistently. I would use Yonobos just to, like, save Yenobo weapons. I use a lot, yeah. Um, just because, like, when you're exploring caves, you know, instead of using, like, your own yeah. sword. You use... But then he also took forever to recharge, so. Yeah. I feel like... Um, Reju's was more just a pain in the butt. Yeah, because she was never where you needed her. No, and Sidon's and her was, just... was just so much. 
Oh, Sidon. I never used Sidon. Oh my God. Never. I The only time I ever used it was sometimes I would use it against Redeads because they you could take them down with like the, if they have Yeah, because they don't like the elemental. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That one. Uh, and you know what? Minerus was kind of neat. It, like specifically in the depths, I felt like getting you over some of the gloom. But uh, it, cer- it certainly was no Mifa's grace. Shout out to Mifa, by the way, who won Fall Brawl Character oh Contest 5. And you and I, on the ZeldaCast, our prediction came in fourth. That's cool. That's yeah. super cool. Like, I'm happy for us and Corey, who who helped us. Oh, and But like, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> um... I just, I'm so salty because I feel like, especially after Tears, like Mifa has just been not as popular as when Breath of the Wild did. So like she had all these years to win and I know she did well, but then all of a sudden she like <laughs> she won out of nowhere after Tears. Like there were so many cool Tears characters that could have won. Amazing. But I guess I should be happy. She'll be out of the running next year. I just can't believe she like her Bosa lost to Mifa. Come on. I can I can believe that. But Nobody what I can't likes... believe is how stanky all of the Tears of the Kingdom characters did. Like Yeah. What happened? Nobody likes these about guys. Those, those fish twins that people like and I don't get it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was uh it was a good contest though. And like definitely um the like the the winner had the least amount of points by far compared to years past. So that makes that means that the contest was more unpredictable, which I really like. Riju, I thought she was the star of the contest. She beat like several people. I was like, there's no way she's gonna compete against these people. Like mm-hmm. she beat Happy Mask Salesman. She beat um uh Saria. And did she beat wow. no, no I th- whatever. She beat like a bunch of uh really popular Zelda characters. So I was surprised. I'm so sad that Master Koga did not make it that far. Like I'm pretty surprised. Yeah. I thought he was Demise beat him. Guys. Like what? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what? What is what? happening right now? Yeah. But, I mean, I understand. Demise is cool. But, like, Master Koga had such a, like, glow up in tears that I was just surprised. Yep. Yeah, my bracket sucked. It was bad. Mine, Although I still finished top 10. Beginning. So there you go. There you go. Uh, okay, this is another uh, spicy meatball from Josh. Which final boss did you find most disappointing in the Zelda series? Oh, the series? Ooh, that's hard. Um, I have an uh, I have an answer, but okay. it's not a fair answer. What is it? I would say Majora, if you have the fierce deity mask, because it's I, it's just a slaughter. It is, but I also find it like extremely cool that it is you, it is cool that you can just destroy this guy. I, so um, I, yeah, I think for that reason, I don't think that's my answer, but I feel that's what like... I thought of. I'm going to go with my recency right now. I mean, I could say Dark Beast Ganon from Breath of the Wild was disappointing. But I'm going to go with my recency and say that the the Mukturok or whatever he was in Tears for the Water Temple. Because I was, I was hoping for like a Gyorg. I was oh, hoping no, no, for no, like... Hold on, hold on. Final boss. Only the final boss. I don't, oh, think, final. I don't think that I'm counts. Sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Um, then yeah, Dark Beast Ganon. Sorry. <laughs> Dark Beast Ganon is a pretty stanky final yeah. boss. Like, I, I kind of lumped that with Calamity Ganon. Even Calamity Ganon, though, kind of sucked, I thought. I thought the fight was, like, pretty cool with Calamity Ganon. You're in this big dome, and he's using all the powers of the other Blights, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, he looked weird, but, like, he's a tough fight, so I I thought he was cool. But then you get Dark Beast Ganon, and you're expecting something much cooler than that, and it just yeah. wasn't. 
I think like I'm trying to go through. I think like Dark Beast Ganon is is at the top. Ganondorf Tears of the Kingdom is sweet. Um, mm-hmm. Demise is sweet. Yep. Let's see. I think the Demon Train fight in Spear Tracks is awesome. Yeah, that's even great like Bellum kind of stinks, but does he stink? Like that whole game, in my opinion, kind of kind of stinks a little bit. So like, am I disappointed well, that the final boss kind of stinks? I don't know. You know. I don't know if Bellum him. I actually think the Bellum sequence, where all three parts of that fight are actually really cool, because you use the sand to stop time and wail yeah. on his eye, and then you got the ghost ship, which I think is kind of meh. But then he takes over. Uh, he takes over our good friend Malinebeck and becomes Bellumbeck, and, and I Bellum- thought that was actually super super cool fight. I actually I think that's my least favorite portion of that fight actually. Wow. Um. So so really quick, let's run, let's continue to run through. So. We've got uh, Minish Cap final boss was sweet. Ganondorf yes. from both Wind Waker and Twilight Princess was awesome. Yes. Um, have I missed any games so far? Um, I mean, Ganon and Ganondorf, Ocarina of Time, fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ganon fights from various games. like pr- Pretty much Ganon. any Ganon fight is awesome, I think. Yeah. Um, you Ganon was pretty cool. I like yeah, that fight. That was okay. That was okay. It, it wasn't... I don't think it was more disappointing than Dark Beast Ganon, though. I'll put it that way. No. Um, no. Yeah, I, I think both no, final Triforce fights from the Heroes. Oracles are good. Triforce Heroes' uh, final fight is fine. Like it's pretty good, actually. Like the Venn diagrams are fun, and like when you're not falling asleep, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's got to be Dark Beast Ganon, right? Yeah, it's, and it's like sad because they they did kind of redo that formula in Tears, but they did it in such a way that it was so epic, so incredible just like i don't know there's just something so cinematic and great and epic about tears even though it is essentially the same as breath of the wild but it's not i, I don't I, know yeah how i to agree play. Like, it felt like a lot more like so the thing about dark beast ganon is like the setting is really cool actually like i i think that like the Setting's dark cool. beast looks cool the music is cool it's just yes. like the fight is like so crappy that it's mm-hmm. you know it, it's just like it was missing that certain something. Cause I mean, like, it's not like the light dragon versus the dark dragon fight is, is any harder than that fight, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just so much more like so much cinematic more and yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think it's gotta be dark beast Ganon. Although I would say I would also consider Majora once you have that fierce deity mask to be, mm-hmm. you know, not the best. Um, okay. okay. This is a, this is a question I'm looking forward to answering. This is from Cora. Shout out to Cora. I miss you. I haven't seen you since the marathon. I hope you've been doing well. Um, mm. What do you think the Zelda series could learn from Super Mario Bros. Wonder? That might be a question for you to answer because I got no clue. Okay. I have an answer. Um, hey. And I came up with this answer in about like 10 seconds. So it might not be very good. But <laughs> this is my immediate thought when, because like on the surface, it's like these games don't have anything to do with each other. Like they're very different, yeah. and which is true. But the one thing I would say that Zelda could potentially learn, and this applies more so to the open world 3d Zeldas is that sometimes less is more, mm-hmm. you know, like super Mario bros wonder. It doesn't, it doesn't go longer than it needed to. Um, and there, to be honest, like there's actually better examples of like, I think Pikmin four is a great example of less is more where there's like tons of stuff to do, but it's, it doesn't drag out. So, but generally speaking, I think less is more sometimes where it's like, I I feel like I'd rather, I'd rather have like a shorter game 
with with a lot going on that's really polished, really fantastic, really amazing. Um, that that kind of almost leaves you wanting more rather than when it tears of the kingdom. It's like okay, I gotta stop playing because I'm burnt out. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that that's like a, a bad approach necessarily because I like I think that you want value for your games and tears of the kingdom say what you will that game that game gives you value value on value on value um mm-hmm. but you know like there there is a point where it's just like you, you want to feel satisfied you want to feel like you know it's like i feel like you don't want to reach that point like i mentioned earlier where it's like okay i think i'm ready to be done it's just like yeah you know i don't know that yep. that, that would be my initial thought i'm sure there's probably a bunch of other stuff too yeah i don't know i just I get where you're coming from with that, but I love grinding and I love having hours and hours worth of exploring, but I also understand the feeling of burning out. So like it's a it's definitely something you have to balance well because I would be disappointed if they send out the next big 3D Zelda game and it was only like I could finish it in 20 hours. I'd be, I agree. I'd be like now what am I going to do for the rest of the next 6 years? I, I, I 100% agree with you. It's a very fine line because like mm-hmm. when Link's Awakening was re-released, I, and especially because it came right after Breath of the Wild, but I was just like, oh, I guess that's it. You know, like, so I, I actually, I would throw Pikmin 4 as a really good example. That was like a 40 hour experience for me. I loved it. I did everything in that game. It was so fun. And, uh, or like a Luigi's Mansion 3 or whatever. You know what I mean? Just like those really high quality, high polished games that you you get your value from. But it's not, I don't know. It, there's there's a logical finish point mm-hmm. for you. Maybe, okay. I, maybe it's just because I'm old, right? Like that that I need my games to be shorter so I can move on <laughs> and go to bed at, at 9 p.m. With my cheese and wine. But um, <laughs> Were we talking about this on the show or before the show? I can't remember. We did before the show, so okay. nobody knows what we're this talking about. This joke is lost everybody's on everybody like, else. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? I thought you don't like cheese. I don't <laughs> I don't like cheese. Um, okay, this is from Sean. Oh, Sean. He asks, what are some instances where the developers of a Zelda game failed to realize the full potential of a mechanic? Ooh. And uh, so... I actually thought that he used a Skyward Sword image for his uh, for his daily debate, but I actually am realizing it's from another Zelda game, which was the Zelda game that I was about to say. And okay. I think that game is Twilight Princess. Okay. I think they didn't really get a lot of mileage from the Wolf Link. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. Like, there's only... I think there's three instances during the main course of the game where you are required... To like sniff something out. And if you really know what you're doing, you don't even have to sniff it out. And like there's a couple instances where you gotta like be wolf link to dig, but those are all at the beginning of the game. And I mean, like honestly, like once you get the ability to to teleport, like you don't need to be wolf link for anything. Right. Yeah, um t- actually the wolf thing came to mind mind initially, like right away. Um, but I'm trying to think of other things where, so like they're saying that a mechanic wasn't fully realized, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's hard. Cause I feel like in a lot of games, like they try either a mechanic, they did fully realize it, but maybe it kind of flopped. Like right. for better or worse, or it was realized. The stylus, uh, in the, in the DS games, etc. Um, yeah, that's a hard one, actually, because I, like I said, I feel like a lot of them, they, like, 
they fully used it. But when you when it comes to Wolf Link, like once you reach a certain point, you barely use Wolf Link anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm just running through all the games in the series. That one to me seems like the only one that really sticks out. Although we had, we had a great comment in uh, in the chat from Bat Rogue who just said the Link's Awakening Dungeon Maker from the 2019. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that was undercooked. But I also wouldn't say that that was like the main mechanic. Main mechanic, of that game. yeah, no. Which, um, to be fair, the question doesn't specify main mechanic, but like to me, Wolf Link seems like a much more bigger part of the ingredient than mm-hmm. Dungeon Maker did. Like that, that kind of seemed like a add on for the sake of adding on. Yeah, I for some reason I'm thinking of the Wind Waker too. Like the Wind Waker item itself, I feel like you don't use it as much as like the name implies, or like what. Now I'm kind of wondering. Uh, I remember its purpose. I think I, I think <laughs> like, I would push back against that one actually because it's like you use it to sail the world and you're sailing all the time. Yeah, but as soon as you get the, in the Wii U version, as soon as you get the swift sail, you don't need to change the direction of the wind. You really only use it to teleport. You can change day and night if you want to, if you even want to get that song. Uh, you get the songs to like open dungeons, but uh, and a couple doors, but then those songs you don't lo- no longer use. So the real old song that you're using the most is the teleporting one. I, you know, I mean, like yes, but also like I, I feel like the Wind Waker. How do I say this? I feel like that's just like kind of the name of the game, rather than like mm-hmm. the, it's not like the central the mechanic. mechanic. Like the mechanic sailing, is sailing is the mechanic. Yeah. Like in Ocarina of Time, like the Ocarina isn't like the. I mean, like it is, but y- you know what I mean, like. The main mechanic of that game was it was like the first 3D Zelda game. Well, um, and I would say like time traveling, which you use yeah. quite a bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it's got to be the wolf, right? Like. Yep, I would think so. That what one kind of sticks say? out like a sore thumb. I, you know what? You hold on. You could. I think you could make a case for flying in Skyward Sword, like flying the Loftwing. But again, I don't know that that's like the mechanic is the the motion controls, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Dang. Well, sorry, Wolf Link, but you you are you are the uh, the odd man out. It seems like. <laughs> Ooh, here we go. This is from Shaquille. This was a Halloween daily debate for sure. What is the most disturbing mystery in the Zelda series? What the heck is Majora's Mask? Like, where did it come from? Where did it go? I'm not gonna sing that song, but like. <laughs> Um, like, that's kind of one of those big mysteries where I'm like, what even is it? How was it created? It just sounds like some shamans made some, like, really dark witchy mask thing that actually contains, like, an entity of evil. And I'm super curious about it, and I would love if they, like, came back to it one day. You know how they brought it back, but it's just, like, a mask you wear in Breath of the Wild? I'd love it for it to actually, like, resurface as like something in the Zelda series later on in a game and be like and you'd be like oh my god there's ramifications for this being here you know what I mean uh we got yeah that's that's a good one we got a great comment that says the hand in the toilet (laughs) how did it get there (laughs) yeah that's a that's a mystery all right Mm -hmm. um I or like the the aliens again Mission of the Mask is so mysterious as a game and as a like, the concepts and stuff that go on in that game. So I feel like a lot of things we're going to pick from there. But, like, the aliens? Are there going to be aliens again in the future of the Zelda series? Like, they're so mysterious. So. They just come and steal the cows. I hope and so. And the little girl and bring her back. And they're like, oh, shoot, this isn't a cow. 
Um, how, how about this for a disturbing mystery? Whatever happened to, to Beatrice if you said that you were going to marry her and then you never came back from the... Uh, oh, poor Beatrice. For, you know, I'm, act, I'm having a tougher time thinking of a better example, actually, than the one that Shaquille listed in her daily debate. Um, so, so she lists... Um, I'm just going to paraphrase. You know, in Ocarina of Time, the guy in the Lost Woods that you give the blue chicken to, he's the carpenter's yeah. son. And he's mm-hmm. just like... like it's it's kind of it's kind of a little bit weird because the potion lady also says like he's a monster the carpenter's son uh, or the carpenter doesn't like acknowledge him at all it's kind of like what happened to this dude um, i thought he turned into a skull kid but there's already the skull kid there maybe he did turn into oh, a skull kid. or maybe know. he turned into a stalthos because like isn't it that adults who get lost turn into stalthos yeah yeah i guess he eventually did probably turn into a stalthos Mm-hmm. That's a disturbing mystery, all right. That's, that's uh, sad. That is sad. You know what? And the butler's son. That's another sad one. Yeah, but I, guess I it's feel not like a mystery, that one. But... Yeah, it's not very mysterious. We kind of know what happened. Yeah, but it's sad. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's let's do another one from Shakel. Another Halloween themed daily debate here. But... What? <clears throat> Excuse me. What is the scariest music in the Zelda series? Hmm. I mean, the Guardian theme is pretty scary. Guardian? Well, which one? There's yeah. But also, like, the music from In the Silent Realms, when you awaken the Guardians, oh. those are pretty scary. Those, I yeah. feel like those are scarier. That's like, that's, you could, like, feel your heart, like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Good call. Good call. I have a story. Um, I, you know what? I told a story on the Zeldacast Top 10s about the Silent Realms, which I cannot tell on the main show Uh-oh. about my experience playing that at this last year's Zelda marathon. Mm-hmm. You should go and subscribe to that for nothing else other than to hear this story. <laughs> okay. I'm sure you could already guess. <laughs> that's a scary song. That's a scary song. Oh God. Okay. Um, what was the, what was the answer in the daily debate? I don't know. Let's go and uh, let's go check it out. Let's see. We've got some contenders here. Uh, silent. Actually, the Shaquille mentioned both the Guardian theme and the Silent Realm theme. Those are the first two things go. that she mentioned. So there go, we go. go figure. Um, mention Iconic Canyon from Majora's Mask, the Shadow yeah, Temple and eerie. Forest Temple from Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd say those ones are like skit. I mean, kind of the Shadow I Temple, I guess. Scary, but like Akana is definitely really eerie. Yeah, I think uh, honestly, I think that from Tears of the Kingdom, the like that breakdown. I don't know. I I just I can't call it anything else other than that. Like, but like yeah, that's like that very doo, disturbing. Doo, doo, doo. Like it's just it sounds so mm-hmm. like unsettling and like not mm-hmm. right. You know. It does. I and I, I love it. Like I get. Ooh, I just thinking about it. I'm like. I really like the moment in the beginning oh. of the game, and the moment at the very end when yeah. you're diving down in that pit. So good, God. I I love the way good. that they weave that into Hyrule Castle too. I I like the mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom Hyrule Castle theme better than. Breath of the Wild, and everyone I've ever said that to is just like, "Oh, you're an idiot." But I really do. I really like that theme. I think it sounds great. Mm-hmm. Remember, Mossy's is like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" That's, <laughs> oh. Breath of the Wild, tier, Hyrule Castle is one of the best themes in the series, which it, it actually is. Yep, it's pretty good. It's so. like my favorite, um, also Zelda and Chill song when he did Hyrule Castle Two. It's really good. I actually, I really like Hyrule Castle 1. Like, I think that's my favorite. I remember listening to it for the first time. And, like, when the kind of the beat dropped, I was just like, oh! Just, like, absolutely <laughs> rock and rolling in my kitchen. It's awesome. Nice. Um, all right, this is from Nick. 
Which Zelda games are best played on their original hardware? Well, let me tell you which ones aren't best played, and that's both <laughs> of the NES ones. I mean, God, uh, God bless them. Yeah, they're better on the Switch, huh? I think... I would say the Switch games are definitely better on the... I mean, obviously, because there's no new thing for them, but I, even the, I think even if we evolve, they'll still be best on the Switch. Well, I mean, Breath of the Wild you can play on the Wii U. And the Wii U does suck. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Technically, I, I can hear people now, though, just being like, well, the Wii U actually was the original hardware. Whatever. It's, it's definitely better on the Switch than the Wii U. I think you it can make an argument. A Link to the Past is best played on SNES. I think you could make uh, that argument. Yes. Yeah. I do remember. That's my first ever Zelda like experience. So, yeah, I could agree with that. Um. um I don't think either... Obviously, the DS games are best on the DS until they come out somewhere else. I mean, uh... like, those are on the Wii U, and I, I've i never played them on the Wii U, but I have to imagine it kind of stinks. Like, do you confirm that? Um, It's nice because it's, like, a bigger space for your stylus, but there's stuff you have to do where you, like, blow into the microphone, and you have to close the DS to, like, stamp stuff, and mm. so it's kind of like you have to pause on the Wii U. Um, also... Uh, like the screens, instead of having it kind of in front of your face with the stylus, you have one here and one, you could have one up on the TV if you wanted. Um, so like, I can understand it being, it's also faster, like, like stuff is faster on the Wii U, um, with those games. But I think I prefer the handheld because I feel like they're meant to be that way and having it be blown up and have different functions is weird to me, unless they like make it so you can actually control it normal. I think it would only be good on the DS. Right. I um, I don't know. I'm having a tough time thinking of. I mean, maybe you could say Skyward Sword would work better with on the Wii. I think I think it's better on the Switch personally. Yeah, I, I think I because, do too. To be honest, I will like, say I, I was playing I was Metroid say- Prime Three on uh-huh. on Dolphin, which is a, a GameCube emulator, and I had like my Wiimote for you know, going on with my computer. And I, mm-hmm. that one, I was just kind of like, I, oh, man, I wish I could just play this on my couch, like on my Wii U or whatever. Yeah, I understand. Um, I was going to say, like, I personally didn't have a lot of calibration issues with the Wiimote, but I know a lot of people did. And I personally feel like I do better with the Switch, but I also know that there's drift. So it kind of just depends on the person, like what you're willing to put up with. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What, what breaking mechanic you're okay with. But also, they, like, made it so that you can just play on regular controllers, so. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I, Link to the Past is the only one that I, but even like that, like, it's it's just as good to play on new consoles. Mm-hmm. It's just kind, there's something about playing on the SNES that just kind of feels magical a little bit, so. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on. This is from Sean. Should Nintendo invest in smaller-scale Zelda projects to bridge the gaps between major releases? I feel like they do that, don't they? Kind of, yeah, a little bit. I think they yeah. should. Yes. So the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they should do it even more. But I, like, yeah. I think you're right. I think they already do. I feel like it was super prevalent before COVID. They were definitely doing it at least once a year, releasing something Zelda related. And then COVID happened, and we we had a couple stinker years there, which is understandable. And now that we're back out of COVID, and clearly, like, the video game industry is back in the swing up. Yeah. 
I could see that happening again, where next year we probably will get something Zelda-related. Even if it's small, even if it's a remake or whatever, that's totally fine. And I think that was really good when they were doing that once a year, because it definitely held us over. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I think that they already do a really good job of this, generally speaking. Now, mm -hmm. there's one, like, really awful exception, which was 2022, which, you know, that's the only year that there's been no Zelda for, like, a long time. Yeah. Like, that... It just happened to be that, that that was like the anniversary year or what? No, that was 2021, right? 20, I think, was it last year when we were saying that was the worst year for Zelda? Yeah. And then like having not just Zelda come out this year, but having all these games that I played, like it just feels like 2023 is so exceptionally better than 2022. That yeah. feels like 2022 was like ages ago, to be honest. Well, 2022 was, was a really dreadful year, in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. for, for yeah. the Switch. And... And yeah, like 2023 already, like you've, even without Zelda, you have like Pikmin 4, Metroid Prime, Mario Wonder, Mario RPG. Like you just have like a lot of cool stuff. And I, mm -hmm. I don't remember anything from, from last, I guess like Xenoblade, oh, did that come okay. out in 2022? I have no idea. Um, but yeah, so, so I think like, I'm like, even look back to 2019, you got Link's Awakening and Cadence of Hyrule, both which were made by smaller studios. Uh, as you mentioned, like all the ports, which usually they're done by Grezzo. Like, I, yeah, I, I think like... I, what I would like to see, what I think is the spirit of the question, is like new Zelda games made by studios oh. and not maybe like ports and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'd be okay I'm with that. I mean, I personally, this is the way I feel about it is like, I'm okay with them having ports and um and remakes because they, they finance another like studio to do that stuff while they concentrate on the big yeah. game. I don't want their concentration to be divided. I want the quality product at the end. So i rather, heck, i rather go two years without a Zelda thing if they're still, if they're putting all their concentration into the next big Zelda title. Yeah, so like, let me make, I don't know, everybody loves when I do this, but let me make a Metroid reference here, analogy here, <laughs> um, where like, which is a little bit different because there's no one main Metroid team. There's Retro Studios and there's Mercury's team, but like, so, so Nintendo... Um, basically was just like to Mercury Steam. They're like, you're the 2D Metroid guys. While we're working on Metroid Prime 4, we're getting that done, make us a 2D mm -hmm. Metroid. And that's how Metroid Dread came out. Or like to, for a Zelda reference, like like back in the early 2000s, they were like, hey, Capcom, make us three yeah. Zelda games. And and they did. And they were awesome. They're All of them are great. So like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that they should absolutely do that again. Now, I think yeah, you want to be fine. selective with your studios and maybe... Maybe it's a studio that you even already have. Like it's they just go to like Monolith and they're just like, hey, like we need a a, a thirty hour Ocarina of Time style Zelda game. Can you do it? Yeah, or something similar to Cadence, where it's like more of yeah. an indie kind of thing that's done by a different studio or a different dev group. You know, that'd be that's fine with me. I just don't want Nintendo themselves to be having their hands in too many pies at once too many zelda pies i agree i, I think if you're going to do that you need to trust the studio to like yep. you know just say like we trust you make a zelda game if you need anything we're over here ask us a question but like here you go you know and let like, us quality check it before yeah. you sit it yeah of course <laughs> okay i think we already talked about this on the show so if we did just tell me so and we'll just instantly move on this is from Kristen. How satisfied are you with the Tears of the Kingdom director's explanation on missing Sheikah technology? Did we talk we, about this? I think yeah, we did. we did with Corey. Um, That's right. And Corey said he's fine because it wasn't really a thing he was bothered by. 
I think it wasn't the best explanation because the wording that they used was like an in-house explanation. I'm like, why can't you share that with us in-game? Yeah. You know, you've got so many people questioning it, so many of your players questioning it, and they're like, well, we have our own reasoning. We'll share it with us, you know? <laughs> but even still, I didn't like it. Um, I'm looking through the comments, and we've got one comment from some guy named Andy Spiteri. Not very satisfied. I know for the sake of the design, all that stuff needed to go, but how hard is it yeah. to throw a line, even a throwaway line, explaining that's somewhere in the game so it feels like continuity exists in that world? It's the little things that go a long way, and as it is, it just feels like lack of attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Good comment by by that Andy Spiteri guy. Um, I also like this comment, too, from um, Unbothered Subrosion, who says that, uh, don't worry <laughs> about it, is not much of an, an explanation. Yeah, that's pretty much what they said. And then they also said that, like, the Hylians also were of that mind. They were like, don't worry about it. Oh, things disappeared. It's it's fine. And yet when the sky starts falling, they're like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. Why is that happening? Let's go survey. Let's go, like, let's go research. They didn't do that when all that stuff left. I I can guarantee you Pura, Ravi, and Zelda would have been like, why the F did all this stuff disappear? It's great. I, I like it. Uh, don't <laughs> worry about it. You so, don't need to know. Yeah, special. Uh, okay, we got time for a few more here. This is from Shaquille. Should the Zelda series retire Ganondorf? I want to preface no. this. I wrote an article many years ago arguing the validity that the Zelda series should retire Ganondorf. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a very good argument to be made that perhaps they should. Although, I would counter my own argument saying that I wrote that at a time when, like, I think the timelines mattered a little bit more. Mm-hmm. This was, I think, before Breath of the Wild came out. Or, or maybe, like, just after. Where, like, the timelines, it seems like they mattered a bit more. And it was very clearly, like, the same Ganondorf in, in every game. And I think mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom has definitely shown us that, like, the timelines don't mean anything. They, <laughs> nobody cares. And that yeah. this Ganondorf probably isn't the same Ganondorf as all the other ones. So nobody cares about that either. So I would say, actually, no... I would have said yes a while ago, but now I think I'd say no, but you use him sparingly. I agree. Like, we just had Ganondorf, so I'm fine for a few years. I But, like, having Ganondorf be revealed in that initial 2019 trailer was, like, so awesome because it had been a minute since we had Ganondorf. Like, Ganondorf, yeah. Ganondorf. Yeah. So it was, like, it was so epic. And I was just like, oh, my God, he's back. And everybody was like, oh, my God, it's him. It's like, we're, we're ready for him to be hydrated, blah, blah, blah. So let's go another 10 years. Well, maybe that's a little long time. But, like, let's have another couple games come out where maybe let's give Vadi a chance. Let's let's get him back in here. Yeah. Um. Or let's get a new villain and, um, and we'll move on for a minute. But I feel like you can't have – you can't retire Ganondorf unless you're willing to retire Zelda and Link, too. Because they're part – they're, they've been in this eternal struggle forever because of the curse. Like, why – it did concern me a little bit when he blew up in tears. I was like, dang, that felt very final, but that doesn't mean he won't be resurrected in some way. It you also felt I mean? final in Twilight Princess, too, to be fair. True. But, 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 but I think you can have uh, the Triforce saga, let's just call it, without Ganondorf. Because, like, Skyward Sword tells us that it's Demise. It's not Ganondorf, it's Demise. And so, like, everyone's always itching yeah. for him to come back and, like... So, but, but that being said, like, I, I actually, I think I pretty much agree with what you say. There's just something about like, you know, having that trifecta that really yeah. is powerful. Um, 
but I think you use them sparingly. And I really think like now that you've, now that you've like moved away from the, the rigidity, I don't know if that's a word, the rigidity of the timeline. Uh, I think it makes it easier to like mm-hmm. pluck and pull Ganondorf into where you need him. But I also would say I a hundred percent agree. Let's get some new villains here. Like Majora's yeah. mask is a beloved villain. Someone that we yeah. talk about 20 years later was in one game. And it's, you know, we talk about him because the design was cool. The character was cool. The fight was cool. Everything was cool. Like, well, let's, you know, Zant, he's a cool guy. Girahim, he won yeah. Fall Brawl last year. Like, people obviously like him a little bit. Why mm-hmm. can't we just, like, let's let's roll out some new villains. And I know that the last new villain we got was an absolute stinker named Asterd. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm willing to take some of those, some of those misses if we also get mm-hmm. some of those hits. Have you, uh, the, this talk reminds me of, like, have you seen, like, the Disney fight that's going on where the new Wish movie comes out this month and the villain seems very, like, just dumb? Like, the new age villain of Disney I, compared to the 90s villains of Disney, I which were incredible nuance. What the hell is Wish? Like, it's the next, like, Disney movie that's coming out, the next 3D Disney movie. And I don't know much about it except that it has to do with wishes and Chris Pine plays the um, villain. And people are complaining. They're like, can we get back to the old school villains that were just bad and like, you know, evil people and had killer like songs, villain songs? Because, yeah, apparently this one is not hacking it. Is he is he like a... See, like a Shades of Grey kind of bad guy here? Or what's what's going on? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, but people are seeing him and they're just like, oh, it just feels like the latest, like, modern Disney villain where it's like they don't have very, like, evil ambition or whatever, or they're just kind of, like, void of that evil personality and stuff like that. So that's what people have been saying. I'm going to I'm gonna hold my opinion until I actually see the yeah. movie. But I just think it's the talk about villains and good and bad villains and keeping the the main villain or having a really bad one like Aster who doesn't have any like personality or ambition or motivation like yeah <laughs> or you know I, I I would say to that like I like both types of villains like it, and it's about balance I like the gray ones yeah. yeah so like but it it would also just be nice to have an evil person just because they're evil. Kind of like totally. what you said about Link having a hero just because they're a hero and good. Yep. I like yeah. look at look at the um look at the Batman movies, right? Like you got mm-hmm. you've got Ra's al Ghul, who is a in his own twisted way, he's trying to make the world better. He's a mentor mm-hmm. to Bruce. He's he's a shades of gray kind of villain who has a very warped kind of view, but in his own mind he's doing good. And then yeah. you go to the Joker who's just an evil dude doing evil yeah. things because he's an evil guy. And then like you go to the dark Knight rises and you have Bane who's somewhere in the middle of those two. And it's just like, yeah, sometimes you just want like a bad dude doing bad stuff that the hero can go and face off with. And it's awesome. And sometimes mm-hmm. you want like a Magneto, you know, who's, who's an awesome character doing bad things for a good reason, arguably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So actually I was, I was complaining about that in Metroid. Cause like all you ever have in Metroid is like the evil people doing evil things. And it's like, damn, let's get like a, let's get like a Magneto or something up in here. You know, mm-hmm. like let's get, some, yeah, they're, let's get a villain they're very, who talks. They're very interesting. A lot of people are comparing, I know we're kind of like derailing here. A lot of people are comparing the new villain in this Disney movie to like Frollo, who was like this really creepy religious man, but he like felt his religious so deeply that he was willing to do horrible things in the name of god and stuff and he would but like his song his villain song was like so interesting because he was like 
falling to sin and stuff. And so there was so much nuance to this character and so much story to him. And then people are looking at this new villain and it's just like, oh, he's kind of just this quirky villain that has a not-so-interesting song and not-so-interesting, like, personality hmm. anymore. I mean, like... I, I can't I can't say that I've kept up with like the the 3D Disney movies, but if like if the three movies prior to this had a similar type of villain, I get it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know if they have, but if they if they have, I'd probably be complaining too, just being like, oh, geez, mm-hmm. here we go again. You know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just about mixing it up. Uh, what do you say we do one more, and then we're okay. Get on out of here. Let's this get back from... to Zelda. <laughs> well, actually, we're we're moving away from Zelda initially here. This is from our pal Kristen Rosario. Uh, does the Lego Animal Crossing reveal increase the possibility of Lego Zelda? Hey, I don't know about any official licensed Lego Zelda, but there are Lego Zelda things on Amazon. I'm just saying, I got some Koroks. They're pretty cute. Really? Yep, there's a little link too. They're yeah. not official Lego license, but check that they out. exist. Lego Zelda. Oh, God, what did I... That's not Lego. That's OWG9. What the hell is that? <laughs> oh, my God, Andy. Uh, it's that coffee, I'm telling you. These are pretty cool, actually, though. So I would... Um, I have two trains of thought. I think to answer the question, yes. I think that Animal Crossing Lego does actually increase the odds of Zelda Lego. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised that Zelda Lego wasn't next after... Yeah, because there's Mario Lego, too. I'm pretty sure I saw some Mario Legos. Oh, yeah, there's there's tons of... Yeah. Mario Lego's been a thing for a while. Oh, yeah, Bowser. Yeah, there's a giant Bowser Lego. And, like, um, you, you kind of lump Donkey Kong in, in with Mario at this point. At least I do. Because mm-hmm. I think that would be the logical second. Like, I think there's going to be an animated Donkey Kong movie, like, very soon. But that almost just feels like a, an extension of Mario mm-hmm. to me. So, I, yeah, after that, I would say Zelda seems... To make a lot of what sense. What would be some like awesome Lego builds? I could see. Oh, I mean, Hyrule Castle. Castle. Death yeah. Mountain. Uh, Death awesome. Mountain. Ooh, like the fight between Ganondorf and Link in Ocarina of Time, or maybe even Phantom Ganon on his horse. Oh my god. I think. Um, I think that you could do some Wind Waker would translate really well to Lego. Mm-hmm. Like the thing Windfall about the Le- the thing about the Mario Lego is it's all like this bright chip like happy kind of stuff and they have a lot of function functionality so you're not gonna get like like a cool like really dark scene or whatever but i I don't know i could see them and i don't i don't know that you would get like a lot of very game specific things either like i don't know if you'd see Mm -hmm. clock town as cool as that would be that would be sick which would be cool yeah yeah but like here's here's the thing i think that nintendo lego i think it kind of looks like shit I'm, I, I, I dropped an S bomb, up- but it looks really bad. Like it just—it yeah. doesn't look very good. It looks like it's not Lego. Like Mario has this like ginormous head. It's his head is as big as mine, mm-hmm. and it's like this isn't the Lego. The Bowser one looks good, um, but the like the Mar- the Mario ones I saw the other day at Barnes and Noble were not great looking. I've seen the Animal Crossing ones; they're not that great looking either. No. Um. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, they have some cooler designs for zelda if they go in that direction it's just like like it doesn't look like lego to me it just looks like these weird like blocky toys that there's there's something else that we had when we were kids it wasn't lego but it was like it's like kind of like the same thing but the blocks were like way bigger and like it was Mm -hmm. like i think they were for younger audiences do you know what the hell i'm talking about just the bigger blockier legos 
Maybe they when were. When I grew like, up, I, I, I had know. connects, so I was playing with connects and stuff. Um, all right, we got a comment here saying Duplo. Is Duplo? that uh, is that what they're called? Uh, let's do a quick look here. Duplo Google, product Duplo? lining. Um, yeah, this looks like pretty spot on to, oh, to what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. That yeah, like um, Nintendo Lego or Mega Blocks. Nintendo Lego looks like that to me. It doesn't look like Lego. You know? Yeah. I feel like with Lego, you got to work within your like the charm is like working within the confines of like the little dude, you know, that you have to to do like you get like the the wig to put on or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. I'm just yep. an old man. No, I understand. I understand what you're saying. I get it. Well, yeah, but I I do think that it. Uh, I think it's probably an inevitability that it comes at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, how many times has Nintendo shot down the the fan projects with Lego and stuff like that? Like, it's got. That's why I'm so surprised that there are Zelda Legos that I was able to buy on Amazon. Like, where did those come yeah, from? Have actually. they been shut down yet? Like, what's happening with those? So, hey, everybody, just before Nintendo shuts them down, there's some Legos for Zelda like, on Amazon. How are those allowed? But I, I get a copyright notice on my Omega Metroid store saying, like, oh, you've used the word Metroid in your shit. You, you know? <laughs> oh god uh, um all right well there we go that was uh that was a lot of great questions from our zelda dungeon writing team so thank you to them for uh fueling us for this week's episode lots of good stuff there and uh we covered a whole bevy of topics which i always like doing and we're going to do it next week as well we are going to be doing zelda's percentages so just as a reminder if you would like to contribute uh, all you got to do you got to make a statement you don't even have to believe in the statement, okay? You could just make a statement. And even if you think it'll never come true, let us know. We'll read the statement and we'll assign it a Zelda's percentages. One being it will never, ever, ever happen. And 100% being that it's destiny. It has mm-hmm. to happen. I actually, I always uh, I always give Doom and Dak grief when they, when they give zeros and one or like 0% and 100% because I'm like, come on. Nothing's ever. That's very definite. Like You're right? only Sith deal in absolutes. So <laughs> Dax, he, we did a, a Samus's percentage a couple weeks ago. And he's like, "Oh, this is tough. I'll say fifty percent." It's like, <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Yeah. Do you sleep on the fence too? Jeez. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll have a tweet go up. Uh, maybe we'll even make it today. Uh, we'll see about that. But um, yeah, that uh, that's coming next week. That's going to be a lot of fun. We haven't done that in a, in a long, long, long time. So uh, you have a chance to get in on that action. Um, and yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be coming next week, and it'll be a blast. Until then, my friends, I want you to, of course, check us out over on Twitter, as mentioned, at the ZeldaCast, at Spateri316, at Alice and Aletha, at all of the same ats over on Blue Sky as well. We're doing our thing over there. Um, we are wherever you get your podcast, like subscribe, recommend rate review, all that fun stuff. If you got a Zelda fan in your life, they don't know about this show. You do them a favor. You tell them that we're doing this every single week. We're live streaming every single week as well over on twitch.tv forward slash ZeldaCast. And as mentioned, we have got a Patreon, which, uh, we actually are due for another new episode of the ZeldaCast top tens here coming up pretty quick. So that's going to be coming, I would say within the next week or so, probably next weekend, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. And with that, my friends, I believe that's everything. So uh, until next week, everybody, have a, have a great week. And we'll see you back here for some Zelda's percentages. Bye.